Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, my name is Eric Engel with another episode of The Marriage Mentor. I'm here with my beautiful wife, Jolene. What do you have for us today? I have part three in our How to Communicate in Marriage. Um, that is part of our Proverbs for Couples series. And what is part three? Part three is how to create a safe place for communicating in marriage. So part one was, okay, how do you communicate? Part two was, what did we say? How to resolve conflict. Right. Okay, part three is how to have that safe emotional atmosphere, how to still be vulnerable like you were when you were dating because we lose the vulnerability because of the hurts. We put the walls up. The okay. fortress goes around our heart. So were the guys vulnerable when they were dating? I believe they were. Were you? Somewhat, I guess. Probably not as much as you. Sure. I mean, we're more we're more of the gentler sex, okay? The Bible refers to us as the weaker vessel, you know, which obviously is a hard truth for a woman to hear. That's a hard biblical truth to swallow. Okay? okay? But we are we're we're more gentler, okay? Therefore, we're more vulnerable, so which is why we cry more. Okay? <laughs> Which is true. I mean, if you were crying as much as I was, I'd be like, what's wrong with you? Right. What kind of man does that? Man up. Right. Right. So vulnerability is a huge issue in, in marriage that I don't believe is spoken enough about. I don't think that there's, we don't, we don't hear enough teachings on it. We don't, I don't even think it's exposed as much as it should be. Well, the Bible talks a lot about uh being vulnerable to the Lord, uh, being uh, being strong in our weaknesses, or His strength is shown in our weaknesses, etc. But He's perfect. Okay. Right. So, well, and the last thing our, our the world tells us is to be weak, especially the the radical feminist movement today. It's all about being be a strong woman. Oh, the radical feminists. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. But um, I don't have to show strength. I could be meek, which is not the same as weak. Okay. Meekness is strength under control. Okay. So you're a tough chick. How are you vulnerable? I mean, that was, that wasn't even in your, your it's, vocabulary. It wasn't you that mean, or humble. I didn't even know what that meant. Humility <laughs> had no concept of that. So, but being vulnerable, I was hard as a rock, hard as a rock. And so obviously I had to turn to Jesus and he took my stubborn, hard, stony rock. It's in Ezekiel. I think it's Ezekiel 46.7 or 26.7. I don't know. Um, but he, he will take that stony, stubborn rock. He did this to me, and he turned it into a softer, tender heart. Okay, so vulnerability, I often like to say, is who you are with Jesus is who you really are. Okay. Okay. And if I'm walking as a daughter of the king and my identity is being a daughter of the king, I don't have to be fearful or demanding. Well, okay? and, right. Because I am filled up with him 
I am strengthened by him and I'm protected by him. Okay, so when I get hurt by others, which happens because we're imperfect people, I get hurt all the time, I have to run back to my king, to my father, to be told I'm okay, he'll get me through this, and he's the one who mends the heart, the hurt, okay? But if I constantly go through life with a hard heart or resentment or bitterness, that, that there's no fragrance of Christ there, none of it, because Jesus was not hard and bitter. Okay, well, and I would say, I mean, we've already discussed a little bit, but I would say that uh, it might be easier for a gal to be vulnerable than a guy because we're supposed to be strong. Right, okay? you, you're, you're to protect. We're supposed to be tough. So how can I be a tough husband? How can I be strong and protect the family and, and everything else and still be vulnerable with my wife? Well, I feel it's a wife's role and the bible talks about it the heart of the husband safely trusts in her proverbs okay. 31 10 it starts off or maybe it's 11 but anyways it's in proverbs 31 start there um if you don't trust me with your heart i don't believe that you're going to draw close to me i'm not going to give it to you yeah if if you <laughs> we we i talked to you about how because it's my ball i'm not going to give you the ball to run with it if if i don't trust you with it well and i'll say to you no i'm not going to share my heart with you because i don't want you to stump all over it it's my way of letting you know i'm fragile at this moment and i don't need you to tell me what i need to do okay okay so how can a gal approach her husband and be vulnerable with him without getting stomped all over well she's got to start with are you walking as god's daughter is your identity in in Christ, or are you walking as your husband's wife? So walking as God's daughter, there's a greater strength there. Way more strength. I am firmly planted. I know that I am I am beloved, chosen, accepted, royal priesthood, set apart. So you know you know that if you do get stomped on, that you got a safe place to go back to and you can be restored. Right. With the Lord. Right. And again, we're never talking about abuse here. Emotional abuse, physical abuse. This is not a podcast for any of that that's taken place, if that is your marriage. If you have that problem and you can't call the cops, call me and I'll call them for you. <laughs> Get out of the house. Okay. Okay. So this is just the typical marriage of he hurt my feelings. I don't know how to get over it. I don't want to share my heart with him anymore. Um, and then what we do is we, we close down and we become... We, we start to develop that hard heart, you know, and that's not what Christ wants. That's, that is not, that's our natural reaction. So I'm not going to stick my head out anymore for you to stomp on it. Okay. So practically a uh, conversation like this, it, it would sound something like this. Can I share something with you without you judging me? Or can I share something with you and have you just listen? Can I share something with you without you saying anything harsh to me? Because this is really hard for me. Yes. And and that's a great place to start. Some of the stuff I'll say to you is, I just need you to listen. Other times I'll come to you and say, I need you to fix this. There's other times when my heart is so fragile that God's got me so far outside of the boat, my comfort zone. There is no, I'm, 
I'm out of the boat. The comfort zone, the safety net, everything's been removed. And I'm just trying to be obedient to what he's called me to do, knowing that the task in front of me is so overwhelming that there's there's an anxiety there. There's the insecurities are are suffocating me. Okay. Okay. And I want to turn to you and say, I'm in this battle. Can you? And what I and I'll have to say to you, okay, I need your encouragement, not, you know, what what's your issue? Just get over it. Right. Okay? Because here's what I'll do as a wife. Great. I got it. Thanks. And I'll check out emotionally from you. Okay. So so going back to approaching a husband that may have been harsh in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, we, we talked about in past podcasts about uh, setting those standards of what is acceptable and what's not. And you could say, hey, in the past, I've felt right this way. Not you've done this, but I felt this way. And I'm afraid to share with you, but I'd like to. Can I share this with you and without you trying to fix it or without you saying anything to me that might hurt my feelings? Can I do that? Can I trust you? I mean, asking, right. kind of testing the waters there a little bit. Well, you're, you're really kind of asking your spouse is, will you be a safe friend for me? That's a great question right there. Right. Why Will you, you be a safe friend for me? Because if you recognize your own brokenness and your humanity, and if you as a wife look at your husband and realize he's got his own battles, his own brokenness, his own secured insecurities, you're then able to come alongside one another and bear one another's burdens, lift each other up, consider one another, um, and and just be that encouraging voice in the marriage. Right. Well, and you can always approach uh, either way, husband or wife, say, "Look, I'm a little insecure about this, but or I want <laughs> I want to I want to share something with you." Okay. As a husband, I'd have to say, "Look, I'm supposed to be strong." And I'm supposed to be tough, but there's something I've been dealing with and I and I want to talk with you about it, but I'm a little afraid, afraid of, of sharing that because I don't feel tough when I when I feel right, this. Right, because you're you're exposing you're exposing weaknesses and insecurities. Right. But when you ask someone like that to help you, then it's very hard for them to stomp all over you when you when you ask them for their help. Does that make yes. sense? Yes. And you're going to know in your marriage, well, does he receive this? Will she receive this? I guess the question you have to ask yourself, am I an accepting spouse? Okay. One of the things when I got saved was, and I still do this today, to this day, almost 21 years later, almost every single day I write in my journal about thanking Jesus for accepting me because I didn't feel accepted. So, Do you accept your spouse for who she is or who he is for where they're at today? Because if they don't feel accepted by you, they don't trust you emotionally. Right. Right. And you're you're not going to draw close if that's the case. Right. The walls will stay up. 
Right. So I have to, as a woman, get my strength from Jesus because he has accepted me so much so that he's died for me. So that makes me emotionally stable. When I know God's word, the more spiritual I am in understanding God's word, the more emotionally stable I become as a wife. Okay, because some wives that I come across, I recognize that they are emotionally needy. That's a great statement. Say that again. The more uh, spiritually stable you become, the more emotionally stable you'll, you'll become. Right. Okay. Right. So really a wife and has... That, that goes for a man or a woman. Yes. A wife has to, well, both, their roots need to go down deep in the word of God. Right. To know who they are in Christ. Their identity is in Christ. You can't lose your identity in Christ and you can't earn it. You can't get a degree in it. You can't lose, you know, any portion of it. Okay. And here's what's so interesting is the same identity that I have in Christ is the same that you have in Christ. And it's the same in somebody else that it's just like, why are we different though? Why does one accept it and one does not? Why does one believe that truth and one doesn't? Do you understand? Right. Yes. It's the same word. It's the same word that God gives to all his kids. But some of us believe it and live it and others question it and don't walk in it. Okay. So the more you can walk in your true identity in Christ, the more emotionally stable you become. But because we're humans, we get hurt and we have the insecurities. And so we look back at ourselves and we're back to that self-centered sort of attitude yeah right? and i want to nurse that grudge or i want to nurse this part of my heart because you don't understand you're a man you don't understand and and how come you're not dwelling with me with understanding like the bible says okay well first off he he's not a girlfriend okay he's not gonna see you know all the emotions that that we have going on in our heart you guys have insecurities just like we do but you're just built different Right. And the bottom line is, do you create an emotionally safe place in your home where the other spouse feels accepted? Because if you're making me feel like some loser, like I don't ever measure up, I won't want to share anything with you. Ain't going to happen. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, it's, it's an easy premise to talk about. Uh, what other practical ways can a husband or wife do that? Um, it always goes back to the word. Is who are you in Christ and do you believe that? Okay. Then the next step is what does God's word say about interacting and who is that safe place? Can I create as the wife in the home, can I create a safe haven in the home where you feel accepted by me? My choice is to either condemn you criticize you or be very gracious in your shortcomings okay because we all fall short grace is a great point in this whole thing okay because when someone lays it out for you someone says hey this is who i am i'm not perfect i'm not great i you know i have these insecurities if you allow that grace to uh, just that acceptance that you know say hey it's okay I understand. I feel the same way. Let's be imperfect together. Let's help each other. Let's not hurt each other. Right, right. Well, and you're emulating Jesus there. It always goes back to how would Jesus handle the situation? Is he accepting? 
And I look at my relationship with Christ and really it just says, if if a person that, that is a true follower of Christ just looks at how does Jesus interact with them? How do they interact with Jesus? What is the Holy Spirit, you know, pushing and prodding the the heart to do towards righteousness? If we just take that relationship with Christ and try and apply it with our spouse, the marriage will start to blossom, hands down. Because who's Jesus? He's forgiving. He's accepting. He's gracious. He's loving. I mean, he he exudes all of that. And so if we just take an ounce of how he interacts with us, right, and we turn and try and pour that out, those actions out on our spouse, our spouse will start to feel closer, kinder, gentler, more loving because they they're they're doing that ironing sharpening iron concept because what you're creating in the home I mean, if I'm creating a home filled with peace and love and joy and grace and acceptance and you walk through the door and maybe you're in a bad mood and I give you that loving word, oh, I'm sorry you had such a bad day, honey, you know, why don't you tell me about it? I mean, that's that would diffuse some stuff there. Well, and you talk about how Jesus is. Uh, I don't remember which disciple or maybe it was more than one instance, but he said, do you believe? And the disciple replied and said, I believe, help my unbelief, okay? So right. ba- basically is, I'm trying here, you know, but I'm still falling short. And Jesus didn't say, ah, you lousy, worthless disciple. He didn't do that, okay? He met him where he was at. and a- That's key right there. Meet them where they're at. Right. right. Meet them where they're at. But I think that, that each spouse has to take ownership, okay? You cannot meet all my needs. You just can't. Why not? Aren't I Superman? Well, you could be, but you're not. And you're not my savior. (laughs) You're not designed to meet all my needs. A husband is not designed to meet all his wife's needs. I make a crummy savior. Well, and I think when a wife could understand that concept that her guy can't be everything for her. He can't wipe away all her insecurities, you know, meet all of her fears. He, He can't. And when you learn that concept, it will alleviate a lot of pressure, I think, in in the marriage for him to have to kind of be this like super spiritual husband because she's got to go to Jesus. Well, the same for the husband. You know, the husband can think, well, you know, I'm strong and I should I can handle all this and I don't need anyone. And 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 really, it's he does, because look at Adam. That's when God looked at everything. That he made, and he said it was good, except for the fact that Adam was alone. Right. <laughs> he had to make woman for Adam. Right. But the husband, the man, has to go to the Lord. I mean, you know, when it, you know, we we think we're tough and strong and all that, but you know, like Job, everything gets stripped away. I'm sure Job thought he he had it going on. Right. You know, I got it going on. I got the family. I got the fields. I got the cattle. I got, I got it all going on. And Job was the man, huh? He, he was, Job was the man. <laughs> okay. And one after another, his servants came and reported that this was gone. This was gone. The house fell on your kids. They're gone. You know, now, and now you're sick. And I'm sure Job, and I understand it. You know, Job was sitting there going, you know, I'm not as tough as I thought I was. Right. Okay. Right. 
And when Job started to gripe a little bit, <laughs> God God said, hey, answer me this. Right. And basically put Job back in his place. Okay. Job's response. And, and Job learned the lesson. Right. But Job's response was, I am vile. Right. Job's okay. wife did not learn the lesson. Right. She said, when are you going to curse God and die? Okay. Don't be a wife like Job's wife. Right. Right. So Job, hopefully... As men, as husbands, we can learn to be vulnerable before we get to the position of Job. But if you can't, God can solve that problem by putting you through that. Well, and but you look at Job and there was none more righteous than him. And God used Job as a beautiful example of, yeah, I have a love-hate relationship with the book of Job, but um, I appreciate, I appreciate Job's testimony. Well, and, and there are parts where he was bent out of shape yeah. and then humbled. And his he came out of that when he decided to minister to his friends. He decided to pray for his friends. Well, yeah, because they were Debbie Downers telling them you did all this wrong stuff. I'm I like, understand. But there there had to be a vulnerability there for Job. Yes. And and maybe maybe for, for men it kind of comes more with the humbling of life and for women we're more naturally open and emotional but i look at how humility could play such a, a beautiful role in creating um, a very safe emotionally place in the marriage to communicate so you guys could grow together and have really the type of marriage that god intended but oftentimes our pride is there and then the hurts we nurse the hurts and the grudges and the bitterness becomes, I mean, I was, when I wrote the book Wives of the Bible, there was one wife that the Lord's like, go back and write about her. And, I, and I'm arguing with God thinking, why on earth would I write about that wife? Because surely there's no reason for me to write about that wife. And over and over again, he says, go back and, and write about her. And so I'm like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll listen to you, Lord. And so as I'm looking at this woman's passage I'm still sitting there thinking, I don't know what to pull from her life. Well, she ends up being my favorite wife in the book. Which was? Well, I'm not going to tell the reader or the listener who who she is. Okay. But she is labeled as the bitter wife. Okay. And God had taught me an awful lot about my heart really more towards God in all of our trials and how... I, I wasn't necessarily the bitter wife towards you. I was more of the bitter wife towards Christ, a bitterness towards the Lord, because it was just like, why on earth would you take us through so many stinking trials that I just don't get it? We're just trying to live a sold out life for you. You know, it wasn't we did all these stupid things and then we had these consequences. Right. But... The, the lesson of the bitterness, I don't want to be a bitter wife. I don't want to be a bitter woman or a bitter mom because bitterness will destroy. Okay, so how do you get out of that bitterness? Yeah, I got to recognize that God knows better than I do. And there was some lessons of humility that I had to go through as well. Humility goes hand in hand with vulnerability, doesn't it? It, it does, which is one of the reasons why I hate it. Because <laughs> my pride hates it. It hate. I hate humility because it is at war with my flesh. 
at war day in and day out because the opposite of humility is pride. Right. Okay. But humility opens up the door to wisdom. And you can't be vulnerable when you're prideful. You can't. You can't. So how, how does a spouse set that tone? Okay. You got to go to the Lord first. That's always the first step. Whether, whether you're a new Christian, newly married, saved for however many years, married for so many years, every single day I have to run back to the Lord because every single day there is a hurt somewhere. There is my pride somewhere. There is a pain. There is an insecurity, whether it's coming from you or, or others. Well, and if look, if there's a strength in the Lord, you say, hey, Lord, I'm going to put this out, out there and it, I might get slapped. Okay? Right. And, when, and if I do... I'm gonna Not come, physically. Right, <laughs> right. But I might get slapped and when I do, I'm going to come back to you. I run back. Well, Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. That has to be a daily habit for, for couples is that they run to the Lord. And you might be, the listener might be married to a non-believer. Then that's what you do. You keep running back. You keep running back to the Lord regardless of what your spouse does or doesn't do. If that is your starting place. And they have to be humble in their communication. Right, right. And and it will allow the vulnerability to come out because we long for that emotional intimacy with our husband. But we can't get that. We can't, we won't stick our neck out if you're constantly harsh. Right. Okay. That, nope, that's not safe. Unsafe, unsafe, that's what I, I yell out as if, you know, Eric were a leper or he had leprosy or something. Unclean, unclean. Well, that's that's a vulnerability in itself. When if I if I am too harsh and you start saying, "Hey, it's not safe. I don't feel safe. I'm not going to share with you." Right. That's kind of a, a a nice way of saying, "Hey, back off." Right. You know? Right. I try and do little. Um, it's hard to be openly rebuked or admonished because again, our pride is at war. Okay, but there's, there, I think there are soft ways to say that to one another. Another thing that we didn't talk about is what we do is when the other person hurts, like if I hurt you, you say, oh, you poked me with your sword because we kind of picture each other in a battle with our swords out, but we're back to back of fighting the enemy, fighting right. everything. Back, back to back, not face not to face. Not face to face. And every now and then we'll poke each other with our sword and, and, and we'll say, oh, you poked me with your sword. It's a, it's a gentle admonishment without pointing a finger, you know, making an accusation. And that's something that we've done in our marriage. And then the other thing that we do now with I, that I do is, you know, it, with a smile on my face, it's like unsafe, unsafe, because I'm letting you know I'm feeling um, exposed. Well, what a, what a great way just to say, hey, that hurt me. And I, I, know, I know you don't want to hurt me because you're a great gal. Okay, or I know you don't want to hurt me because you're a great husband. Okay, I mean, what's that going to do? Well, you're heaping coals of burning coals upon their head to like awaken up their their conscience so they they stop. Right. Okay, and the more you could practice these little um, ways to communicate, to resolve conflict, to create that safe place, the less uh, strife you're going to have in your marriage. I mean, Jesus doesn't want you to have strife in your marriage. You didn't. We didn't. When we walked out, when I walked down the aisle to you, I'm not thinking, 
gee, boy, I can't wait to that first fight. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm watching it come down. It's like, as soon as she gets her, I'm going to punch her. That's yeah. going to be great. Right. But you, you always have to look at where is your pride dictating the relationship because pride won't make room for humility. And humility... Pride destroys everything. It does. Well, here's Proverbs 18, 12. Haughtiness goes before destruction. Humility precedes honor. Okay, there's... In, in so many ways, we, we are puffed up. We're puffed up people. And it won't produce the type of marriage that God intended. It won't produce the type of marriage that, you know, we we walk down the aisle well, to. You know, and the world is full of that. I see it on TV all the time. Okay. It's, uh, I'm all that and then some. I mean, that's the attitude I see on all these shows, all these gals, all these guys. They're just like, you know, the guys, oh, I'm a player. and You know, and it's all about me. And she's like, oh, I'm a diva. And it's all about me. And it's just, you know, that's not going to work for ever at all. Right. And yet people go through these marriages and their relationships and they think, yeah, this is how I'm going to be. I'm going to act this way. Well, but then the flip side is she just becomes some doormat for him to trample upon. That is just like, no, that that is not how God how God's daughter should be treated, you know? Right. And nowhere in the Bible is that acceptable. But the focus is on God versus myself. Either way. But the focus, for instance, the the gal who thinks she's all that or the guy who thinks she's all that he's all that i mean the focus is on self yeah they rather, are their own idol r- right rather than god is ahead i belong to him because of that there are certain standards that i don't put up right. with right right i mean i won't allow you to treat me poorly ain't gonna happen you know it's it, it's not acceptable and you know, we, we have built some stuff into our marriage where it doesn't get to that point. Well, and sure. And and if you did, I probably would because of my sinful nature. Right, right. You would, your, your, your sin tendency would be to trample upon me. Right. And so those standards are very important. You know, this brings up, and, and I know it's off, might seem kind of <laughs> off subject, but I, I always go back to this when I was in sixth grade. Uh, I was not a bad kid, but I was an aggressive kid. Mm-hmm. And we had a teacher uh, that uh, our teacher didn't show up for the, the year. And so they brought a a teacher of a sec- first or second grade up to sixth grade okay, to teach us. We're already thinking, oh, she's a first grade teacher. We're going to we're going to destroy her. Right? right. Right. And we did. I mean, I act worse there than I ever acted. Because I could, I got, got away with I it. got away with it. Okay, mm-hmm. there was a time where I got up and I dumped my whole desk over and I stormed out of the room. Okay, now I'm thinking, you know, I was testing, see what could I get away with. Well, I wandered around the schoolyard for about an hour and then I walked back in and my desk was put up and all the stuff is back in the desk and I sat down. It's like nothing happened, and I knew at that point I owned this gal. Okay, now my parents would have never put up with that had right. they heard oh yeah but they didn't hear okay because i owned her okay and so i went as far as i could because that's what we do without any boundaries we tend to do that we tend to 
you know, our sin nature takes over and we, we go as far as we can uh, without getting caught. Right, without any consequences. So, right. you know, it's, it's hard to imagine consequences um, in a Christian marriage. So the consequences go like this. Look, you, we're not going to talk to each other this way. Okay, we're not going to say these things. We're not going to act this way. You act this way, I'm not putting up with it. Now, so, and I want to touch on that. I know we got to close out this episode, but there's a couple things I want to say because there could be a listener who her husband, I, I'm assuming it's probably more of a, a guy doing this than a gal. Okay. okay. But, you know, it's it could certainly happen the other way. Right. But the gal is being trampled upon by her husband. Right. Who... Um, she might be a gentler soul, okay? She might hate conflict, and she's doing everything she can to just keep the peace. Right. Okay? And he here's the deal. If he professes to be a believer, and he's not hearing you when you say this is not okay, he is abusing his headship position, okay? And what does the Bible say? Matthew 18, you go tell someone and go confront him. First, you start off with, hey, you hurt me. Okay, hopefully he'll change his ways. Right. But if he does not, then you go to Matthew 18 principle and you take a brother in the Lord to confront him. Right. Hopefully that will like knock some sense into him. Okay. And hopefully that's enough. But then it may not be, which means then you have to go to the church. You go to the church. You go to the church. But being trampled upon emotionally by a husband and he demands you to submit is not biblical in any way, shape, or form. That It's wrong on, on so many levels. So don't buy the lie from the enemy if that's your case. Okay, That would never happen to you. Why not? Because I wouldn't put up with it. I'd be like, what are you doing? What does that mean? What do you, what do you I, mean? I would confront you and say, no, you don't, you don't get to speak to me like this. You don't get to, to treat me like this. This is unacceptable. Um, maybe you're having a bad day. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. You, you had a bad day. Okay? But then if you came back the next day and the next day and the next day, Okay, it is not a bad day. It's a bad character issue that I've allowed to take place in the marriage. No, I would go to a buddy and say, hey, I've already tried speaking to my husband. He's not hearing me. And the buddy comes and sits down with you. Dude, what are you doing? Right. Okay. To confront you. Right. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully he'll knock some sense into and, you. And by the way, there are guys out there that need to be that friend. Yes. You know, at my wedding, I told the guys, my buddies that stood up with me, I said, I am accountable to you, okay? Throughout my marriage, if you see me not acting the way I should, you have a responsibility as my friend, as my brother in the Lord, to come to me and rebuke me. You have a responsibility. Right, right. Okay? But you've exercised enough wisdom to know that, hey, this is a biblical premise. I need this. And I know that I have a, so many readers from around the world. So many of them aren't even attending church. So they don't have anyone to go to for the Matthew 18 principle. And here's what I'd like to say to you. Go to church whether he goes or not. Okay? You need the community of believers. Okay? Right. Because that's, see, that's back to standards. Right. Set up the standard. Well, right. my husband doesn't go. It doesn't matter. That's, you know, God didn't say that that. You should only go to church if your husband goes. Right, you know, right. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of the saints. Okay? Yeah. That doesn't mean uh, only if you're single or only if your husband goes, you know. But way too many Christian couples are like this island off by themselves. 
trying to have a biblical marriage without having God as their guide. They're not listening to the word of God. They're not applying those basic biblical truths of what to do. You need to be in fellowship. You need to have, you know, those friends, those accountabilities, those relationships where you could go to someone. And I'm not talking about just airing your dirty laundry because you want to vent because the wife wants to vent. I'm talking about some big issues that you don't know how to handle. And if you're a couple who your marriage is getting stronger um, on a regular basis, you should be seeking out um, couples to befriend and kind of like take under your wing because, again, that is a biblical premise. Look for a mentor. Right. Okay. Right. Seek out a mentor. But I want to end with this, Proverbs one thirty three, And it says, but whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. This is the Lord telling you, hey, I got this. Follow my ways. I got this. If we would just follow him, you know, life life would be so much different. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah. All right. Well, those are our thoughts on um, creating that that safe place for communicating in your marriage. I hope this little bit of a series on how to communicate uh, in marriage has helped. And I'm Jolene Engel at JoleneEngel.com. And I'm Eric Engel at EricAndJolene.com. Until next time. <laughs>